looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Pass the Post. It's Sunday, May 21. Thanks to Archer Park Racing for their support of Pass the Post. And of course, the team was in form, you say, in winning form when Golden Boom got the job done in the Derby McCarthy. So I'm sure they celebrated long and hard. Congratulations to the team. It was Doom and Cup Day yesterday, and of course, it was Goodwood Day at Morfordville in Adelaide. And we're going to be um, dissecting both of those meetings in some detail. Helping me to do it is Ben Dorries. How are you, mate? Good, David. Firstly, how do you feel? You're in the ownership of another award. Ran a very, very good second yesterday in the Group 1. Looked like the winner, I've got to say, 50 metres out. Yes. Did you get your hopes up there? I did. I was in the broadcast box. I got out of the chair. (laughs) Wow. It's rare for me. I got out of the chair and I thought she was going to win, but Royal Merchant was just a bit uh, bit too strong. And, of course, that's the second time that that team of Mara and Eustace have knocked us off. Of course, Ruthless Dave won the Sangster. We ran second there. But, look, she uh, she did us proud. Uh, Jason Holder, both times ran her magnificently. She's been well prepared by, by Leo McDonald and Andrew Lewis. So where we what we do now remains to be seen. A bit of discussion there, but she's been an outstanding mare. And, uh, yeah, she, she gave us a great thrill over that fortnight. But you backed the winner, apparently. Yeah, just a few little uh, shekels on. Yeah, um, good on you. And I think... Uh, as well, wasn't it a good day of racing in Brisbane? Um, the Dooming Cup was fascinating. Uh, the winner was terrific, Quator. I always say that horse's name wrong. Uh, I reckon the first few across the line were all good. Even Dewis, first up since the Melbourne Cup, I thought was really good. But one of the real threads out of that race was Zaki. Is Zaki finished? I have a feeling he may be. Um, not second-guessing the stable, but uh, there was no post-race vet issues found, which is significant, I guess, because... Yeah, you know, no excuses, really. Um, so, look, Zaki's going for a spell. Will we see Zaki race again? Don't know. Well, he is rising nine. Um, I, I've looked back at the run. I, I must admit, we'll hear the broadcast in just a moment. We're going to have a chat with, with Paul Snowden, of course, with his dad, Trains Weddle. But uh, with Zaki, uh, initially I thought when they went over the line, oh, he's got beaten a long way. He actually pulled up very quickly. He was actually beaten just under five lengths. By Zaki's standards, it was a well below, a well below par performance. Probably his worst run in his uh, Australian career. Uh, there was a, a school of thought that maybe J Mac went a little too quickly on him. Um, I'm sort of not against that, but not for it either. I, I put it this way: put it this way with Zaki. You knew at the turn Zaki wasn't travelling well. He was riding him along, and he wasn't getting away from them. And then. They got to him. They got to him good and proper at the hundred. That last fifty metres, whether he eased him down or he just stopped, um, is 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 you know six of one, half a dozen of the other. But yeah, he's gone for a spell. But they don't get any faster as they get older. I don't think. And as I said, he's rising nine. No, someone said to me actually. Well, I'll say someone. I'll name them. Your great mate Bart Sinclair, and it was a good analogy. He said, you know, some of, some of these horses when they get older, these champion horses, it's a bit like. Um, you know, the cyclist who's very fit and, 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 you know, he's a champion cyclist in his younger days. He cycles up Mount Cutha every day. You know, when he gets on in life, everything gets a bit sore. Just one day he just decides yeah, he might just get go halfway up and turn around. He's just had enough. So, look. Um, and Bart Sinclair can relate very well to that. Yeah, well, he's a keen cyclist, as you know. He's, yeah, but I see he just won the Preakness over there, Bob, Bob Baffett. Has anyone ever seen a picture of them together, those two? 
<laughs> yeah, no, yeah. He, he'd be a good replacement for him in a movie. Put it that way. <laughs> Look, let's let's get let's get rolling. We've got plenty to discuss uh, because there were a lot of black tie races yesterday as the undercard, but the Doomman Cup was was the Group One feature. And as we've just been outlining, Zaki was the favourite. They took a bit of a gamble late, and he went to the post at two dollars fifteen. By the 600 metres, the first 1400, 126-16, the leader is Zaki. He starts to ride him along now as Banker's Choice gets closer on the outside. Numerian was next. They're followed by Zarek, just waiting on an inside run as Zaki turned into the straight in front. What's under the bottom? Well, no soon. He leads Zarek up on the inside. One and Numerian, Banker's Choice, went over into the clear and Kovalika pitching inside runs. Zaki is all out. He is all out, the favourite. He is gone. Numerian and Wetter on the outside. Now pair off for the Cup prize on the outside. Wedor going a little better than Numerian. Wedor's Cup. Wedor won. Beat Numerian. Kovalika third. Watch the Derby next week. And Dewis in fourth. Then came Nonconformist. Zarek. Banker's Choice. No compromise. Palmetto. Zaki has performed well below expectations, beating only Diamil and a tissue who failed to complete the course in a gallop of 22.17. Well, Zaki was looking for his second Doomman Cup, but it was to be Huetor who captured his second Doomman Cup and an outstanding ride by Ryan Maloney and, of course, trained to perfection by Peter and Paul Snowden, father and son training partnership, uh, regular visitors to our carnival and regular winners as well, and they've come up trumps at the top level yesterday. Paul Snowden has been kind enough to join us this morning as our first guest. Paul, good morning and congratulations. Good morning. Uh, thanks very much for the... Very pleasing to, to do it again from last year, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Rob, what were your confidence levels going into the race? Because he was coming off a good run of the Holland, though. Yeah, pretty confident. Um, we could turn the tables on Zaki off the back of the Hollandale run, just knowing by the fact of what he's done this preparation each run, he's just kept progressing and, and improving throughout the prep. So um, if you compare to last year, um, you know, we, we probably, it was it was run at the Gold Coast and it was it was a, a deteriorating track with rain um, in the lead up to that, which he doesn't seem to like. But um, you know, just knowing the fact, I think he's going better than what he was last 12 months ago. And and um, like I say, through the line in the Hollandale, he was he was like three four lengths in front of Zaki uh, on the Hollandale a couple of weeks ago. So it gave us good confidence going into the race yesterday that we had him as good as what we could and, and got the job done. Paul, talking to you before the race and the days before the race and also after the race, I got the feeling you expected this. I mean, he, he went out $10, but it was something you were, that you expected. It was a surprise to some last year when he won. It wasn't to you, but this was no surprise at all, was it, this year? No, not not yesterday. Um, just just knowing where the, where the horse sits, you can just see him thriving. Um, the lead-up, the last sort of two weeks, it's just been a, a continuous improvement in the horse and, and his physicality and his, his mindset. He's not a horse that we do a lot with in between runs. His runs get him to where he needs to be to his next, and I think that's probably suits a lot of these European horses. They don't they don't like you know the hard the hard work. I think the more fresher they are, the better they are, and I think it suits this bloke's training. That's for sure. When you've done everything you can to have a horse ready for any race, let alone a Group One, you then hope for for a good ride, and you weren't let down here. He, Maloney, Ryan Maloney. Put the horse to sleep, seventh offence, came off the fence at the right time, followed the right horse into the race, Numerian, got into the clear at the right time, and then Wedor played his part. So I think you, you made comment at post-race, what was an outstanding ride? Oh, it sure was. And look, um, Kira McAvoy's been a, a regular partner of this bloke, and when he decided to stay in Sydney, um, the Hollandale meeting, 
Ryan was my first choice. I actually I sought after. I think I thought he was a good fit for the horse. He's a he's a horse that you sort of can't uh, push too hard too early in his race. You just got to let him find a comfortable spot where he he seems to find and. Ryan's pretty casual. Um, I think they're, they're a pretty good pair, actually. <laughs> it was smooth sailing yesterday and smooth sailing, for that matter, last year. But there's been some tricky times in between, hasn't there? Take us a bit inside the the infection that he picked up. He, he could have almost lost an eye, which would have meant curtains for his racing career. Yeah, so it's, when all this wet weather was around um, and and the straw at the time, uh, there was there was a, there was a fungus through through all the wet weather. Uh, provided in in the, all this straw that was getting harvested, and uh, that's what the eye surgeon put it down to. And obviously, you know, a lot of these horses live on straw, and, and there's no doubt he does. But um, he, he developed this, and I, honestly, the day before I, you know, I walked past his box, and he just had a little tiny, like he had a little bit of dirt in his eye. And I, I cleaned his eye out, and I put a bit of cream in there. And I, the next day, it was late in the afternoon. I said, "Oh, we'll just get that stain just to make sure there's nothing, there's nothing untoward, no ulcer." Uh, developing anyway, um, that's how it stemmed from. It was something so, so insignificant, but it turned out to be such a, a, a dramatic thing. Um, slowly got worse and worse and worse, and it was to a degree there, the the product that we we're putting in, all the medicines going into the eye, wasn't penetrating through the fungus. It was actually killing it before it could treat it. So a tube was inserted um, twenty full time. He had it for about three or four months in the back of his eye to administer the medication through that way to try and treat it that way and still wasn't doing the best that it could. Um, so then um, we got we got an eye surgeon in and he recommended that... Oh, it's a, it's a horrendous thing to watch. It just scrapes the eyelid. Oh. Um, and it's um, and he had that done two or three times uh, and eventually it started to respond. And, um, you know, full credit to Lauren, who looks after the horse, she... Um, all these sort of things had to be administered every four to six hours, and she she came in off her own bat and just did that all throughout the night and every day. Um, like I said, for so, that's such a long period, um, it it's, it's means a lot to everyone. He's rising seven. He's an import, of course. He's rising seven, but you've got a pretty lightly raised product here. He's only had the twenty three starts, and the, the cup yesterday was his seventh win. Yeah, look, he's um he's a progressive horse. He always has been, and. Obviously, on the back of last year, when when all this went pear shaped, we we're sort of heading towards a Cox Plate preparation, and I, I think he's sort of, you know, it's it's something achievable for that horse, and obviously only time will tell. But you know, I think we've got a, a horse that um, we're we're getting to know quite well, and I think we're starting to show that in his in his results, this preparation. A couple of ones. Does he hang around, or, or is he likely to to contest the the Q22? Obviously, the 1.2 million dollar race on Stradbroke Day and also just throwing forward the next week we have King of Sparta in the Kingswood Smith and, and what runners can we expect you to have in the size? Yeah so look at, at the moment it was all geared towards his probably performance yesterday as far as where he took battles on into the Q22 and I, I've got to say how well he's pulled up this morning the boys have ran straight away and, and said how well he, he licked the bin and he's nice and bright and the tail up over his back which is absolutely normal for him to be post race so Good signs. Um, probably last year, we sort of went off the back of the Durham Cup and I, I thought he, he ran a little bit flat in the Q22 where I'd, I think we're in a bit better position this year. So I don't see why it's going to be a problem. Um, and the Kings of Smith, King of Sparta will definitely be running. Um, he's had a tick over trial since the victory stakes and he's 
jumping out of out of his skin at the moment, and that's how you have to have that horse. Is when he's fresh, that's at his at his best. Um, as far as the size goes, uh, there's on that ballot that was released earlier in the week. There's probably three that are definitely going to make it. Um, the only ones that, that include Snapback, um, we've got the the King, and um, has the King got out yet from his last run? Yeah, well, he's still, he's still, yeah. No, I don't think so, but he's done particularly well since he's been up there. So hopefully we can have a little bit more luck with him. Um, and maybe the one that might not get out, might get a run, would be Vomo Wyland. But what what it is, there, there's a two up two, he's a 1,400-metre two-year-old race down in Sydney Saturday. So whatever doesn't make the field, they'll run here just to keep in step with things, just in case we sort of go towards a JJ and they're, they're still, uh, you know, ready to go there. And just before you go, a quick mention of the the filly Queen of Dragons yesterday. She got a long way back, but she was good late. Yeah, a little bit disappointing just how how she sort of didn't wasn't be able to take that sort of opportunity off the good draw and travel a little bit closer. But the tempo was red hot. Um, she got home great, but just I think the fact of how good the tempo was, she struggled just to, to stay on the bridle. If she could just stay on the bridle a little bit, I think it, she would have come uh, a lot quicker late. Uh, albeit not not disappointed one little bit, but maybe the Oxlade in three weeks, I think, from yesterday, 1,300 looks um, suitable for her, and we might just add a little bit of gear just to help her travel that little bit better mid-race. Yeah, that's on Stradbroke, Dave. Congratulations to you and Dad and the, and the whole team with Wedor, and continued good luck during our carnival. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Paul Snowden joining us this morning, and they, they can describe Brisbane as a happy hunting ground. They regularly have success. So on the race, uh, you made the point earlier, and I think you're spot on, several good runs. The winner, naturally. <coughs> New Marion uh, is racing well. Um, I'm, sh- and I'm sure most of these will progress to the Q22. Kovalika, though, is, is in a different category because this was plan B. Missed the rough habit because of an abscess. Went to the Cup yesterday. Goes to the Derby next Saturday. $1.90 in the Derby now. And understandably so, because... Uh, this wasn't a target. He was racing older horses. I know he didn't go around a horse, but he still ran very well. Yeah, I thought he had none yesterday up against those hard heads. He got a lot closer than I thought. It was a sensational run. If he doesn't win the derby next week, I'll swim to Stradbroke Island. He is across the line, that horse in the derby. Absolutely across the line. Nothing, the nothing that he will face in the derby next week would get within six or seven lengths of Huetor. Let's face it, a dollar ninety is stealing money. Should dead set be a dollar forty that horse? It's on the table. <laughs> I'll swim this trap, and, 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 and I'm already even... there too. <laughs> How fast trap, Colin? By the way, is it a long way? Is it a fair swim? I, I think the, but I think the the I can't it, swim. Important. <laughs> a good start. I think the important point to come out of Kovalika's run yesterday. Uh, he didn't have a gut-busting run. No. It was, a, it was a solidly run race, don't get me wrong, but he never went around a horse, so he didn't have to use a lot of energy. Uh, it was his natural ability came to the fore. We saw how good he is, and as you say, he now races his own age group next week. Well, that, well, I think once the barriers came out, I thought he was none in the Doom and Cup, just because from barrier 12, they were never going to try and push forward and get a slot, just because they didn't want to give him a gut-buster for next week and potentially be stuck out wide. So, look, it was a terrific run. Jewess, I thought, was great. She was good. She was very I thought good. She, yeah, I, I thought she was terrific. So, 
Look, it was a bit of a fork in the road run, I reckon, for, for Dewis, and, and she's turned up. So I spoke to Ed Cummings after the race. Uh, she's going back to Sydney now, but there's every chance she will come back for the Q22 on Australia Break Day. So that'll be a good race. Yeah, it, it, it's shaping as a, a good return bout for, for several of these. Uh, we've mentioned Zaki going for a spell. A tissue failed to complete the track, and um, her jockey, Nashra Willer, said she felt uncomfortable in her action. They vetted her. Nothing wrong there, but she'll have to trial and also get a vet clearance before she starts again because something not quite right there yesterday, whatever it was. That was the Forex Dooman Cup. Let's continue with our profile of Cup Day yesterday, and we'll go to a race that is uh, a key lead-up to the Stradbroke in three weeks' time. This is the BRC Sprint. It was an open betting race, but the Victorian visitor, who's here for the Stradbroke, Cardinal Gem, was the favourite at $5. Short of a half mile to run. Cole Crusher making every post a winning post. And there's Scalapini right behind him in second. Lady of Honor third. Holyfield still deep and Bacchanalia <coughs> fifth the rail. Then you call it, followed by Dragon's Leap as they leave the 600 behind them. Cardinal Jim's been a victim of the wide gate. He's four and five wide. Surf Dancer hunts the rail. Then Halal followed by Sinawan. Vinko, Dark Destroyer, Kiku. Second last, Exelina. Chummy baby last of all. In the straight, 300 left to run. Cole Crusher shifted about four or five away from the rail. Scalapini down, laying down the law on the outside and going better. Bacchanali's got plenty of room. Surf Dancer coming through and Dragon's Leap down the outside. Scalopini in front trying to hang on. Dragon's Leap on the outside. Surf Dancer the rail. All of a sudden Scalopini headed off. Surf Dancer and Dragon's Leap, they hit it. Photo. Surf Dancer or Dragon's Leap from Scalopini and Cardinal Jem had the cheek to keep coming after covering more ground than Burke and Wills. Then Vinko, Lady of Honor followed by Charmy Baby, Holyfield, Halal, Sinawan, Exelita. You called a dark destroyer. Cold Crusher gave up. So too to Bacchanalia and Kiku last home. Good day for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott yesterday. They won earlier with the Bill Carter with Zia. But Surf Dancer bounced back to win the win the Group 3 BRC Sprint. Adrian Bott's joining us now. Morning, Adrian. Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, I suppose on paper it looks like a form reversal. What happened in Rocky and the Archer? Yeah, look, obviously, um, yeah, Rock, Rockhampton is a long way from Sydney for him. Um, yeah, just whether just the the, the the travel or the, the you know the trip up there just knocked him around a little bit or not. Um, he uh, yeah he seemed sort of welling himself up there, but just in in the run he sort of always you know he didn't begin well always sort of had to be niggled at and just sort of looked to race a bit flat up there. So um, sort of going to put it down to um, put it down to the track up there. We did we did make the addition of a, a, a tongue tie for this run as well. So that sort of small gear changes had a bearing on the result as well. You were saying to me post-race yesterday, Adrian, that as good as yesterday's win was, and it was terrific, you kind of wish it had had have come a run early because, of course, Surf Dancer was running in the late Alan Acton's slot up in the archery. He tragically died, obviously, Alan, in a, in a helicopter accident. So, look, it would have been great, wouldn't it, had he been able to, to win for Alan, but but I guess there was still a lot of, lot of, lot of joy involved in the win yesterday. Yeah, definitely. You know, look, um, obviously it would have been you know, that much more special to sort of carry out what we sort of set out to achieve with, with Alan there initially, you know, for all the discussions and identifying that horse, you know, he correctly, you know, you know, obviously brought the right horse with the right talent up to Queensland. Um, as I said, just sort of feel we you know, unfortunately weren't able to execute it on the day to make a, you know, you know, a fitting sort of result. But, um, yeah, he's been able to sort of turn it around and, um, you know, sort of bounce, bounce back for him, which has been good. He's an import. That was his seventh career win yesterday. Am I right in saying he's not in the Stradbroke? Yeah, no, he, he wasn't entered for that. You know, just sort of always felt the, um, 
yeah, that trip sort of may have just been a bit sharp for him. Um, you know, traditionally, sort of, we have tried to stretch him out sort of beyond 2,000 metres. That's, I think, sort of pulled him up. But we always sort of felt the, the mile range was his was his sweet spot, um, sort of that mile to 2,000. Um, yeah, and, and even there yesterday, just, you know, sort of going into the race, expecting him to show a good, improved performance. But, um, you know, just felt there may have been a couple of sharper sprinters than him. So um, he's done a great effort in that regard. But, yeah, that, that's sort of been the thought process in sort of him being originally left out. So a race like maybe the Wayne Wilson on Stradbroke Day over a mile might be right for him? That's sort of what we uh, had on the uh, sort of radar originally. Um, you know, sort of see how he's sort of, um, you know, weighted in, in, in that and what the rating does. But, yeah, that's probably the plan that we'll stick to. And, um, you know, that sort of might be it for him over the carnival and sort of look to freshen him up into the spring. Zia was a terrific win in the, the Bill Carter, um, you know, hung on late. Uh, jump from the wide barrier, obviously. You were saying yesterday you give serious thought to backing her up next week in the size. Is that still uh, under consideration and a likely option? Yeah, look, I think it's more likely that she will back up. Um, you know, I'd sort of favour that than sort of uh, keeping her up sort of too much longer for, for anything sort of further deeper into the, into the carnival. I'd say sort of the mile at this stage of the JJ Atkins sort of just might be a bit of a stretch for her, but I think she can be sort of really effective over that 1,400. Uh, she's come through it well, uh, come through the run well this morning. So, um, yeah, I, I think she sort of wouldn't... Uh, I think that the, the backup won't be a problem for her, so we can, we can yeah, look at that strongly at this stage. She's more likely to be running on, on Saturday than not, and then we can sort of, again, sort of look to pull up stumps and uh, set some targets for her over the, uh, over the spring. A great result getting Black Type at her second career start, and she's won both of them with Serpentine, of course, uh, Fairly recent addition to the stable. Uh, you got him back into winning Nick a few weeks ago at Eagle Farm. Will we see him this Saturday in the Premier's Cup? Yeah, most certainly. Um, looking forward to seeing him um, back at the races again. Um, just to, uh, obviously sort of a little while between runs there, month between runs. We're, we're hoping to get him to the 1,200-metre uh, trial there during during the week, but the rain sort of um, changed those plans. But he, he, he seems um, very well in himself and sort of kept the work right up to him. So he's... Um, yeah, still fit and well and in, enjoying his time in, in, in Queensland. So looks a nice, suitable race for him. And then, uh, you know, his performance there will sort of dictate, um, you know, we'll see whether we sort of push on to the cup at, at this stage. That looks to be the logical option. Uh, but we'll see what Saturday brings and, and go from there. And uh, finally, Adrian, you'll have a tremendously exciting runner uh, next week, Hawaii Five O, uh, trying to win potentially the you know the three-year-old to get into um, the Stradbroke, uh, owned by John Singleton and Co. And also Converge, you'll have uh, in the Kingston Smith. Yeah, uh, Hawaii Five O. He was um, he was explosive there last start. He, he was excellent. Um, yeah, at Hawkesbury, sort of. Um, yeah, I, I guess sort of probably the, the the strength of the ease of the win sort of caught me a little bit by surprise there. He's sort of really shown, um, you know, just continued to improve and racing with a bit of confidence. So he's done very well since, uh, you know, he's been back to the trials. Uh, he's he's up in Queensland or, or, already. He'll, um, you know, work around on Tuesday morning and have a good look at the course proper there. But he's uh, he's in good shape um, and looks a nice race for him. And, yeah, I'd love to be able to sort of try and qualify him for, for the Stradbroke. I think that race would sort of set up really well, a strong, strong tempo of a 1,400 to him right down the weights, yeah, be, be an excellent chance and given his breeding and, you know, type, he's, uh, yeah, he's certainly got some nice credentials and um, Converge, he's, yeah, he, he may find the, the, the first up trip a little bit sharp for him. Um, you know, plan is to have him sort of 
spot on for his second up second up run in the in the Stradbroke. He was sort of well weighted in, 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 in the Doncaster, so I'd expect him to sort of hopefully be, you know, well 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 positioned in, in, in the Stradbroke as well. Just put a line through that last run in, in the Doncaster, but you sort of go back to his uh uh, run. Uh, I think it was a it was a George Ryder that you know fortnight before. Um, yeah, it was an excellent performance. You know, weight for age, he showed his sort of back back to his best. Thanks for this morning, Adrian. Continued good luck during the carnival. I no, appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much, Adrian Bott joining us this morning, and the team is going well. Um, now, hmm. there was a horse in this race. Oh, I know what you're going to say. There was a starts horse... with Cardinal and ends with Jim. Yeah, there was a horse in this race, honestly. If you've never seen a better Stradbroke trial, and I know the Stradbroke is going to be a hot race this year with all these progressive horses coming through, and they deserve plenty of respect. But this horse's run was absolutely extraordinary. Jordan Childs was was unlucky. Um, uh, He drew the outside gate. The horse actually jumped well, and he just needs to try and find a spot, and it's a good long run along the back straight of Doom, and he couldn't get into a spot. So he was exposed wide, but whilst he was exposed wide... Cole Crusher was burning up the turf in front. Now, I know you're not going to like this. but uh, I'm Let gonna... me guess at times. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. 43-3, the first 750. Now, I'm telling you, that is supersonic uh, speed. And he was four and five wide. And I thought around the turn, in fact, w- watch the replay. It's a, it, it's, it's a strange run because between, say, the 300 and the 200, he looks as though he's, he's dropping out or he's just battling away. Watch the last 50 metres or the last 20 metres. He surges to the line. Uh, to be beaten less than a length. It was an outstanding trial. It was, I agree. Uh, $8 in the Stradbroke. <clears throat> I suppose the only thing is, you, you know, you can only race against what you can race against, and that was a, an extremely high-rating, or a lot of the horses in it were high-rating horses in the BRC sprint. But uh, Surf Dancer, Dragon Leap, 30 to 1, with the first couple, and then, you know, Scalapini, Halal, Vinko, so yeah, no, look, get that. But as you say, you can only race against what's there for you. I'm just saying, from what I've seen in Melbourne, uh, the only thing that I think will work against him if we had a bone dry track on Stradbroke Day at Eagle Farm, he likes him given the track. He's very effective with given the ground, but on that performance, he has to be a, a leading Stradbroke contender. What weight does he get in the Stradbroke? Do you reckon? Because I was talking to Jordan Child yesterday, mm. and I think he said he can ride fifty-four and a half, or maybe fifty-four. Um, so well, well, it, it, well, weights will come out tomorrow. It all depends uh, what's around or what's above him ratings-wise. He's a hundred and four rater himself, uh, so those weights are out tomorrow. Let's just let's, one more thing on that race. Mm. Scolopini, I thought, uh, was very good considering. Look on face value, if you watch the race, you might have thought, oh yeah. But I spoke to Matt Hoisted two weeks ago when I saw this horse, you know, have a spin around with Dooman or Eagle Farm at the time, and he said, look, um, you know, the BRC sprint, this horse is still going to have so much improvement. Everything is geared towards a stroke broke. Uh, spoke to him after the race yesterday. He said, look, this horse was still burly in the yard. Mm. I thought it was a good run. I'm not well, saying he can necessarily win a stroke broke, but I, I reckon the run of that horse was a good pipe opener towards the Stradbroke. As long as he draws okay, I would be shocked if he didn't run in the first four or five in the Stradbroke. And remember, he was on that hot speed as well, on that hot speed, and he just simply ran at a puff load. It was simple as that. Just just knocked up, but I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Let's go to the lead-up to the Oaks. This is the Roses, the final race, Group 2 level. Renaissance Woman was the favourite, but late in the piece there was very strong backing for Firebird. 
Round the turn into the straight, Secura Girl heads for home in front. Where are the dangers? Because she's got a break of two lengths. Madame Odette Premise run on. Renaissance Woman starts to thunder down the outside. Where's Firebird getting through in the centre now? Secura Girl tackled by the big guns. Firebird and Renaissance Woman. Look at Firebird. Look at Firebird. On target for the Oaks. Brilliant dress rehearsal performance. Wins the Roses. Beats Renaissance Woman and Secura Girl. Butters got it right. Then Yankee Hustle. Presidium Art. Super chilled Madame Odette, followed by Arts Object, and then came Rio, Premise, Well Made No in a Deal, Tyresa, Fall for Cindy, Starliner, Irish Sally, and Venetian Blue is the last one over the line in 2 3 44. Fireburn leapt to favouritism for the Oaks by winning the Roses, which is uh, the, the key lead up. She's $3.50 now, Renaissance Woman at $4.50, uh, a Ferris Weaver at $5 and Secure Girl at $8. But Fireburn was dominant on the day. And when you look at her overall record, why wasn't she dominant? She's a class filly. Gary Portelli's a trainer. He was there at Durban yesterday. And he's been kind enough to join us this morning. Gary, good morning. Good morning, Ali. Congratulations. Um, she never let you down, this filly. And uh, you would have been delighted with the performance yesterday. Oh, I was over the moon. Um, you know, there's a lot of pressure on... Golden Slipper winners mm. to 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 come back and there's plenty of naysayers out there that want to lay the boot in when things aren't going to plan and and um, I think she shut a lot of knockers up yesterday. She's back. At what point, Gary, did she go from a, a Golden Slipper winner, a, a sprint filly, um, to to something you could try over these longer trips with with greater claim? What did you always think she'd she'd get out to these sort of distances or not? Well, I, I think even before she won the Golden Slipper, um, she was never a Golden Slipper horse to me. I thought she might have been a flight stakes filly at three, you know. And, and um, you know, she's got that demeanour. She had a Sathic mare, um, you know. And just as it turned out, I reckon, uh, take anything away from a winning a Golden Slipper, but it had not been a heavy track. She may not have been sharp enough to win a 1,200-metre race anyway. I think it was just the stamina that got her through that day on what was a track that, you know, if it hadn't been Golden Slipper Day, it might not have even raced. So um, when it gets to that sort of conditions, then her stamina come in. And she's just that type of horse. She's very relaxed. She's got a, 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 a massive set of lungs on her. And um, she copes with whatever you, you do with her at home. She's sound. And it just, you could just see it evolving. It was, it was um, Stevie Wonder could see that she was, um, she was turning into a stayer. Gary, you have good reason to feel very confident about the Oaks in two weeks' time because you weren't afraid to say yesterday you thought that uh, you know she could win the race yesterday, but uh, whatever she did, she was going to be better for the Oaks. So she's probably exceeded your expectations yesterday by winning. Yeah, definitely. I, I actually said to a few people, look, I, I haven't screwed her down yet. This has been a preparation where it's a little bit experimental, really. You know, she's come off an Oaks campaign and I had to pressure her up. We've got yards and stables here at my place where I was able to let her down for a couple of weeks and then I had to work out a program which consisted of decent amount of work, a barrier trial over 1,200, which we had to give her a good hard galloping and, and just hope that she was going to be, that residual fitness was going to be there when we got to the races. And um, before the race, I think Jason came out and was you know, obviously, you know, thinking because we'd been riding her up on the speed in Sydney the last few runs, um, that we might want that to happen. And, and he said, look, I'll give her a good squeeze out and see what happens inside me, but I'd like to be midfield. And he looked at me and said, is that OK? And I said, oh, but I'm not sure I've got to fit enough to if she gets trapped three wide without cover and has a tough run to recover from it. She'll still run well, but if she doesn't recover, the Oaks is over. I think you should just play 
the easy card, gone wide, be, just relax her out the back and see if you can work your way through the field. And he just looked at me and said, thank God you said that, because that's what I was hoping you would. So, you know, we wanted a horse for the Oaks. And we said we were probably one run short, we thought, possibly. There was always that chance. But the run that we got was exactly what she needed on the day. Um, everywhere she went, the, the gates opened. And she was obviously going well enough to take the gaps when they, when they, they uh, appeared. And, and she's had an easy gallop, really, you know. Um, um, you know, she goes into the Oaks at a peak now, and it's just perfect. Even though you, you said she may have been run, one run short, $4.80 into $3.50, that is a significant betting move. Did you have something on yourself, a few shekels maybe? <laughs> Mate, I was thinking, I hope, I hope I'm, I'm, I'm wrong here. I'm thinking she's one run short. They've had a lot on. I might not get out of this race course alive. I the money going for it. Oh, no, this is going to be awful. If, you, cause if she knocks up, I'm in all sorts here. So, <laughs> so, so I was sort of, yeah, I was, I was worried. Don't worry, because I'd, I'd actually said to a few people, I'd... I'd, I'd from a punting point of view, I'm a bit concerned today. I think she's the best horse in the race, but I'm not sure whether I've you know, done a half at home to, to have her ready to run out a solid 2,000. From, in particular, if she got a bad run from the wide gate. And, but when she got back to the fence going past the post the first time of the world, at least she's not going to have a hard run. And at the half mile, I thought, how's she going to get past all these horses? They're bunching up and you know, around Doom, but you don't always get inside runs there. And, and um, it, just, it, just, uh, it just opened up, you know. When you're lucky, you know, that's... Simply what what happened, you know. He had the horse and the luck came. Yeah, there were there were, there were gaps everywhere, and of course you're very proud of this filly, not only because of her her record, which is outstanding, but she's by Rebel Dane. Ah, oh, that's that's the icing on the cake. You know, he was a great horse to us. We was talking to Robert Heathcote yesterday. How many times I raced against Buffering, and, mm. and 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 how much fun we had taking each other on with with you know you take it for granted when you've got a horse at that level. Hard to win, um, but um, you know obviously we're taking it for granted, and then we. We retired him. Actually, it was hard to find another one. But then we were lucky enough that you know, we had Chill Rain there and, and a couple of other ones come through. But um, this filly's just special because she can do things that um, yeah, no other Golden Slipper has done since, I think, bounding away. Congratulations on yesterday. Good to have you here in Firebird for the Carnival and good luck at the Oaks in a fortnight. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you. Gary Portelli joining us there. Let's continue on. Still several races we want to listen back to. And let's go to the, the Derby McCarthy. This was race five. Golden Boom, who drew barrier one, was the favourite. Well back to $1.85. Coming to the turn, 400 left to run. Flaming Conquest in front from Rich Honor. Golden Boom needs a run, looking for a gap. There's none there at the moment. On the outside, Bazique starts to move up. He's trying to push out on Golden Boom. He shot the gap now. Flaming Conquest leads. Golden Boom giving a 10. Bazique down the outside. Golden Boom in front. Bazique is trying hard. Golden Boom the leader. Lady Laguna flashing home. Golden Boom in front, hanging on Golden Boom just spacewalk jumped out of the ground with Lady Laguna. Then came Bazik, who just peaked the last little bit, followed by Thelwell. Then came Debs Ellie. Well back was Rich on. Hell of a Barty Flaming Conquest. Second last was Udo Moon and Al Pals Gal last over the line. I describe this as getting the job done. You couldn't call it an impressive win. Had a good run in transit. Uh, had to go hard early, then backed off, surrendered the front. Uh, and was able to get over the line first. Yeah, the first thing Tony Gollan said to me post-race was, I don't want that again. Uh, and But I'll tell you what, uh, he went up uh, when he won this race. I was watching him almost like he'd won the Melbourne Cup. And so one of two things has happened here. Either he's had a significant bet, which is possible, or more likely, this horse is pretty special to him, I reckon. Oh, and he, he, sure. just, he just wanted to get the job done. 
job done, I suppose, fell in really, but had to do, as he said post-race, some things that he hasn't had to do before, you know, sort of push out into the clear, uh, you know, sort of got unbalanced there, lost his rhythm, and he had to recover it. So good win, I thought, in the circumstances. Gee whiz, though, Spacewalk, Spacewalk and Lady Laguna, particularly Spacewalk in another five strides. Uh, Space, was, I don't like saying this, but Spacewalk should have won uh, the, the, when it ran into a traffic in the straight and then it's only just missed out. Lady Laguna keeps running honestly, but, but Golden Boob gets the plaudits on the day and we'll probably see him again in the, the Queensland Day stakes in a fortnight's time. Let's go to the Bill Carter listed level for the two-year-old fillies. Straightening for home. 3.50 left to Rana. Zabo ran off the track. Zia got up on the inside and dashed to the lead. She's a rogue after it. Russian Alliance with work to do. Abounding still running on and certainly can right down the outside. Zia in front. Abounding on the outside giving game chase. 100 left to Rana. Zia the leader. Abounding trying hard. One of the two. Zia and Abounding. Zia hanging on. Too tough. Beat home Abounding. Photo third. Certainly can. Makina and out wide. Queen of Dragons running on pleasingly. Then came Within reason, Russian Alliance didn't fight a day. Then came Avoni, Mighty, She's a Rogue, Salt Lake Betty, Party for Two, and Zabo last home in 110 on the knocker. And as we heard from Adrian Botch, he may back up in the size next Saturday. She was a $5 chance, a filly by Zoo Star. Russian Alliance, she goes for a spell after not performing to her best yesterday, and Mighty uh, experienced a poor recovery, according to the stewards' report. Let's go to the Pam O'Neill for Magic Millions. And J-Max seen at his best here on the Chris Waller train, Frumos. In the home straight, though, Street Gossip went by Zoe's Promise. Frumos comes after Street Gossip strongly. Osmo's running on, then TikTok Queen, Media Award, and Princess Rainey's down the outside. But Frumos, J-Mac went for home, put up a break. Princess Rainey's coming hard. Frumos in front, hanging on. Frumos won the Pam O'Neill. Beat either on the outside, Princess Rainey's, or Osmo's darting along the rail. Behind the Media Award, then came at the head of the others, pretty amazing. Street Gossip knocking up, then TikTok Queen, Zoe's Promise. Well back Adelaide's, then came Dragon Queen, and the last pair were Bellatrix Black and Xenifer in 135.81. Nice race for Frumos in two weeks' time, the Magic Millions National Classic, half a million dollars at Eagle Farm on Oaks Day. Oh, yeah, a perfect ride, one out, one back there from J-Mac. Princess Rainey's the runner-up, gee whiz, she's got a nice race at some point. And we should also mention uh, the favourite here, Street Gossip, uh, it was disappointing, really, around six, but it was Mark Newnan's last runner in Australia uh, ever. He, he says he'll, he'll never be back training in Australia. He was on course yesterday, a bit of emotion, and um, he's a great man, Mark Newnan, an absolute gentleman. He's been very good to this show. Uh, so farewell to Australia for, for Mark Newnan. He'll do well in Hong Kong. Our last replay is the Chief De Beers at listed level. Around the bend, short of 400 left to Rana. Orbison straight in front. King Kappa giving his head. Moved up to make a strong challenge and went to the lead. Into the clear now as prime candidate. Then Lara Migo, the big goodbye. Abashani Snipers coming down the outside with a pretty good Rana. King Kappa's all out. The big goodbye, Abashani Sniper. They're closing. Abashani Sniper on the outside. Raced up and hit the lead. And he won just from the big goodbye and King Kappa. They're followed then by Zetha's motoring home prime candidate not far away. Grey Lara Amigo, Axe, then Goldsborough. Orbison knocked up, beating Simply Fly and Shamrock Lou to the line in 1-4-21. One of the most improved horses in racing in southeast Queensland, Mashani Sniper, and showing versatility, can race on speed, but can also produce a big finish from the back, and that's what we saw yesterday. So that was Dubin Cup Day. We're going to Eagle Farm next week, of course, for the Queensland Derby and the Kingsford Smith Cup. They're our Group 1 races and a great undercard 
as always. A break here on Past the Post. Back to review Goodwood Day at Morfordville next. You're listening to Radio Tab's Past the Post with David Fowler and Ben Dorries. Go to the website archerparkracing.com.au. There's plenty of horses for sale there, and particularly those two with cutest added stake money available. Uh, you can get some great returns off the very modest purchases. Archer Park Racing presenting past the post. It was the last day of the Autumn Carnival in Adelaide yesterday. The feature was, uh, well, Adelaide's signature race, the Goodwoods, presented by the Tab. There were three horses well backed here, Zapateo, Lofty Strike and another award. 600 metres out, free of debt shows the way. Sabatu XL was two lengths further back, front page third, Serides fourth, then Royal Merchant, not an option, sweating on a run from Kalos Zapateo then came another award, who's sweating on a run nearer the inside, they swing in and free of debt, clear from front page, Serides and now Royal Merchant unleashing, lofty strike Zapateo further back, Royal Merchant raced up to strike the lead with front page, Serides, another awards bursting through late Another award in after Royal Merchant. Another award, Royal Merchant. Royal Merchant just in the Goodwood from another award. It's the three-year-old filly to beat the mayor. Third place, Zapateo. Then Lofty Strike, Serides front page. The next one in was Kalos, followed by Zutori, General Bow, Frankie Pino, Nemeth. Karen attiring Savatou XL and free of debt. Mickey D does it again. Yeah, he certainly did. He's joining us now. Good morning, Michael. How are you? Yeah, good morning. I'm good, thank you. Congratulations on yesterday. You rode this filly when she won the Tobin Bronze two weeks ago at Morfordville. Did you think she was capable of winning the Goodwood yesterday? Um, oh, look, if I was being completely honest, I, <laughs> I, I thought she would run extremely well, but um, to win, well, that's probably a different story. It, gee whiz, it's, it's uh, you know, continued some sort of golden year for you, hasn't it, Mark? You've won, I think, four group ones this year at, at four different tracks. I think uh, Morfordville, Roseville, Flemington, Sandown, you're winning all over the place, including a blue diamond. You must be pinching yeah. yourself. Yeah, it's uh, been an amazing year. Um, never, ever would have thought that I would have uh, this sort of luck, so... Um, Look, hopefully it's not just a one-off, that's for sure. What's been the secret to your success? Obviously, you're a lightweight rider, so, so that helps to some extent. But it, it, do you feel like your riding's gone to another level in the last sort of 18 months, two years? Um, oh, look, oh, oh, I don't feel like I've changed a hell of a lot. Um, but uh, as results go, well, yeah, I, I guess I've gone to another level, that's for sure. So um, I, I don't really know what it's come down to, but... Um, yeah, just just having that bit of luck, which is good. This filly drew widely yesterday, and you raced reasonably close to the speed, but she always looked to be travelling very well on the run. Yeah, she was. She travelled well. Um, she's usually a horse that gets up on speed, um, but in a Group One, uh, twelve hundred metres, it's, it's probably yeah, it was going to be too hard to really give her that uh, squeeze and be right up there. So we were. Just where we uh, were comfortable and travelling, and uh, unfortunately that was four white with no cover, which um, yeah certainly wasn't ideal. But look, she was tough, and um, she she's certainly a little trier and uh, puts her best foot forward every time she races. Yeah, that lightweight fifty two and a half it can it can really mean a lot in in these uh, big sort of races. What about uh, Kieran Maher and David Eustace? Uh, they've performed 
well, we shouldn't say an extraordinary well. They perform well any time they, they go to the track. But they nearly made a clean sweep of the, the Adelaide Carnival. They they just missed out on the derby, but they won every other group one. Yeah, oh, look, um, that, that was probably uh, one of the things that that gives you confidence when you're riding a horse that uh, is at odds. You've just got to trust the, the Kiramar and David Eustace polish that, look, they, they can do anything pretty much. So um, what they've been able to do, and, and especially what they've been able to do with this filly that I think they've probably had to peak her about three times and... Mm. And she just, they just keep turning her out in great order. So, um, yeah, it's just amazing what they can do with a horse. And you're about to embark on probably the most exciting journey of your life, heading to Hong Kong to join the riding ranks there. How are you feeling about that challenge? Are you, are you daunted, nervous, excited, a mixture of everything? Uh, yeah, probably a mixture of everything. Um, look, it's, it, it's exciting, but... Yeah, a little bit daunting at the same time. It's the unknown, so um, yeah, I just we'll have to go there and work hard, and um, and if I work hard, and hopefully the uh, results can follow. Congratulations on yesterday, and uh, have uh, great success in Hong Kong. We'll be wishing you well. Yeah, thank you very much, Michael D. Joining us, riding Royal Merchant to victory. And don't worry, this Ma Eustace uh, train will now thunder towards southeast Queensland. They're going to make their presence felt here. Promises kept in the Derby next week. A fair, a sweever in the in the Oaks in two weeks' time. Absolutely, the second place horse, another award. I'm just looking at the ownership. Which one are you? Beer and Skittles. Beer and Skittles. And um, well, well, they almost had beer and Skittles. She has. She's. She's. This last preparation, she's just performed way beyond expectations, and to be. Placed twice at Group One or Group One level, runner-up uh, has been a great thrill for all of us and all of the owners as well. But if you had if you had a one, would you have shouted me dinner? Do you think? Or yeah, well, I shout you dinner any time. Really, any time you want to have dinner. Wow, okay. Enough of our personal lives. <laughs> We're running out of time. Let's listen to some of the other highlights from Adelaide yesterday at Morphaville. We'll go to the Robert A. Lee Stakes. This race was at Group Three level. They turn for home and the leader, Sosie Bon, only a half-silent sovereign. Party Princess, Foxy Frieda darts back to the inside. Lord Vladivostok, Foxy Frieda starting to hit top gear, raced up, joined Sosie Bon. Party Princess, then Lord Vladivostok, but Foxy Frieda, she's off with the prize. And Foxy Frieda charged away to win. Brilliant performance, beat Sosie Bon, Party Princess. Then Lord Vladivostok, Silent Sovereign, Pudding, Yuri Royale, Lomax, Regalo de Gaetano and My Khalifa. Andrew Noblin's got this mare going well. She boasts a good record. That was her eighth win yesterday. It started he started 24. Of course, she was coming off for the second there in the Queen of the South and went one better yesterday with Billy Egan riding. We'll go to the proud Miss Ray Seven and here's uh, Mickey D in action again, winning action on the good mare from the Freedman Stable, Snapped. Hypothetical, got a breather as they turn in. Starlight Rebel sneaking through on the rail now. Caladream and then wider out Grey River. Foxicon about to ease off and start to pick up. Queen of the Green. It's still hypothetical. Queen of the Green driving through. Snapped wider out with Grey River. Then Foxicon still in front. Hypothetical. Grey River and snapped out wide. Snapped, ranged up, hit the lead and won. Snapped, beat Grey River. Hypothetical. I am Benet. Foxicon Diamonds. Then 
Ben, Queen of the Green. Belsiel from last made headway. Caladream. Starlight Rebel was next. Then a gap to Circle of Magic with Legless Lady and Gaze Gree. One just completing the course now. So say Angel pulling up quickly. Yes, and Giga Kicks Colours, of course, for Pinecliff Racing and Jonathan Munts and... Uh... Trained by Anthony and Sam Friedman. Snap. She's a good mare. She's only lightly raced. She was having a tenth start yesterday. That was her fourth win. She never runs a bad race, and she won well. Our final replay from yesterday is the centenary stakes for the fillies and mares at listed level. Thought-provoking turns in, and now let's rip. And thought-provoking has a margin of a couple. Quickly chiming in is Hanadi. Star-spangled baby, agreeable and warm smile through on the rail. Thought-provoking kept going from warm smile. Agreeable, thought-provoking in front. Kept going, agreeable with one last crack. Thought-provoking hangs on to win. Albeit narrowly from agreeable, who really gave it a sight in the last stride. Warm Smile third, Star Spangled Baby, then Hun Boshi from Hanadi. Captajois couldn't reach them from more reward and one of the last in, Last Girl Love. She should have won at Mornington first up, then ran well at Sandown and she went one better and getting black type against her name yesterday for Mick Price and Michael Ken Jr. And that was another autumn carnival done and dusted in, uh, in Adelaide there yesterday with a Goodwood Handicap. Thanks for your time this morning, Ben. Yeah, thank you, Dave. I can't bloody wait for next week. The two Strobrook favourites, as we see them at the moment, going around. Think about it in the Kingswood Smith and Yellow Brick must win uh, the Fred Best to get into the Strobrook. So that'll be a salivating day of racing along with the uh, Derby and other good races. Yeah, the carnival continues on. We're at the halfway mark next Saturday at Eagle Farm. Thanks for your company this morning. Look forward to joining, uh, or look forward to you joining me on Press Room tomorrow morning. Have a good day. Bye-bye.